Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Coming Out of the Kitchen. It's Sam and Cass here this morning, and we are going to discuss some of the things happening here in the Republican-dominated Missouri State Legislature. This morning, we're actually going to start with some sex scandals that have been happening. We'll just start with State Representative Wiley Price, who's been censored after a year-long ethics investigation for allegedly... Having sex with an intern? Yes. I hear you. And, um, That was funny. <laughs> that was hilarious. Let me... I just looked over and I was like... What I was the? seeing these flames. Okay, listeners. So, here's the deal. We have can two see. candles from one of our sponsors, Snowy Mountain Candles. And we decided to light one, and we've got all of our notes gathered around us getting ready for this podcast. We're at my house instead of Sammy's, so we have a little <laughs> less room to spread out, and one of our pieces Someone's of notes, notes caught, caught on, on fire. fire. Hold on. Hold Someone on. Someone the door. Okay, so we got that fire averted. <laughs> Putting out fires all day long. Ah. Uh, Okay, so where were we? We were talking about... We were talking about some sex scandals that are occurring in the Missouri legislature, starting with the year-long ethics investigation into State Representative Wiley Price. He was found guilty of lying under oath, harassing a former employee, and then he was censored, 109. so if you don't care, let's back up, because if my memory serves me correct, he was like, sexting her or not he was sexting her. He was of having to, sex with an intern. No, no, no. He was trying to set up a sex date is what I understood. But here's the thing from what I understood is that he never did have sex with her. But that doesn't excuse it. No, he is in a position of authority. Um, and the Missouri legislature, after the incident that occurred with Representative or Senator, I can't remember which deal, in 2015 Ooh. they changed the rules so that if there was like deal was forced to resign because it made it like against the rules against the law whatever to have sex with an internship or an administrative assistant or anything like be. that well it should be because you're in a position of, of not authority. just authority major but authority. major authority too many times i think with women in the workforce you know, you often feel pressured yes. to do things that you might otherwise say no to. The way I read it, the scenario leading up to it was he had gone into another representative's office or someone who worked under him and had told that person that he had sex with the intern. And then he recanted Right. Um, after this person turned him in, after he was reported misconduct then he says that didn't happen then he was uh, that's what got him in trouble yeah if he would not have lied well i mean no i know i mean it's wrong what he did Mm -hmm. but besides that i mean so had he not lied about it he probably would be okay today so well the thing is is he the the employee that initially reported it he was actually also found guilty for harassing that person oh the the girl the The, woman that reported it the one who reported it and said hey this happened because he was sending her text and he quote allegedly said where i come from people die for this kind of thing wait a minute 
I just read, I just I read the article. I, I got lost on this because it's like, okay, Price uh-huh. told person A mm-hmm, that he had had sex with person B. Uh, with person P. Okay, so then who was harassing A? Price was. A, after he was reported. After he was reported, Price started harassing A, mm-hmm. who he confided in. Yes. Okay. And to the point that his office was moved to a different building. No way. Yes. I, I kid you not. You know, Cori Bush, uh-huh. to change subjects a little bit, she was getting harassed by that Marjorie Taylor Price. No, uh, Marjorie no. Taylor Green. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she asked to get her office moved because... Well, I... And it was, it was after the insurrection, of course, but we, we're getting off topic. No, no, I mean, it is it is on topic as it's far as of, for women's issues because you can't win. If you're a woman in power and you say something that isn't popular, you're harassed. If you do the right thing and report someone's bad behavior, and this is alleged bad behavior because I will say that... Um, Wiley Price has denied ever having sex with the intern. Right. Under oath, he right. denied that. And then the well, intern yeah. said that they didn't have sex, but she declined to testify under oath. So if the two people involved in the incident are saying, no, it didn't happen, then we obviously have to take their word for it. Well, that's not the point, though. The point was that he was kind of harassing her for sex. Yes okay. or no? I did not read that. I just read that they had... He had told someone that they had sex, and that was the issue. I can look look it up real quick. Do a quick Let's internet just search. Do a pause here. So here's what I found um, with a quick internet search. Um, this article is from KSDK in St. Louis, and it was published January 13th. The ethics committee found Price harassed and retaliated against his former staffer for reporting claims that he had sex with an intern in January 2020. The committee also concluded that Price lied while under investigation. Price denied having sex with the intern and said his former staffer made up the claims. He told colleagues Wednesday that he panicked when first interviewed by investigators and denied texting and calling the intern, which wasn't true. And obviously he accepts being censured because, you know, that's what real men do. They own their mistake. Well, I don't know real men. I mean, <laughs> well, I do you harass your staff paid staffer and trying to get sex from an intern is that what real men do no. okay well no he didn't harass for sex he harassed for being turned in that's turned what I, in that's yeah. what i meant yeah so um you know women's issue wise he used his position of authority allegedly to mm-hmm. have sex with an intern and then used it to suppress that information so he's being censored and um, the three recommendations from the ethics committee were censorship and then restitution for the cost of the investigation, which was twenty-three, roughly twenty-three thousand wow. dollars. And I thought I took a note on what the third one was. After the new session started in January, Crystal Clay was quick to censor him to call for censorship. Ninety-one legislators voted to expel him. But they didn't get the required majority of 109. 109 out of 109 out of how many? Uh, well, the vote for censorship was 140 to three, so I'm going to say roughly 143 uh, legislators were present that day. So, so the vote, the 91 votes uh, for expulsion, brings us to Senator Rober, our newly elected, newly elected Senator um, Rick Rober. 
He was elected in November 2020 under some pretty outstanding, outlandish uh, accusations of child molestation from three of his adult children. Well, I don't know if you want to say outlandish and outrageous because... Well, it's outrageous behavior. Division of Family Services confirmed it Yeah. at one point. Right. Okay. Said that there was um, evidence let's... for sexual mistreatment. So, that um, was in 1992, I believe. 93? In the 90s, when we were so young and gorgeous. Oh, man. <laughs> Don't you know it. <laughs> Don't you know it. Oh. So, anyways, um, Rick Rober's also known as um, Barefoot Rick, which I find hilarious. Anybody running barefoot and then taking pride in that sort of nickname. It reminds me of some kind of hillbilly. Like... Barefoot. Okay, hillbilly here. Yeah. I used to run barefoot all the time. Oh, really? Yes, I did. As an adult? Yes, but I wouldn't use it as some kind of platform to alter my ego, boost up my ego. I he's mean, actually written book about it. You know, he went to seminary, so he's a pastor. Um, he was a, I believe he was a pastor before he became um, a, a legislator. I'm, I'm not sure on that, but I believe that's what I read. Uh, it's been a minute, so forgive me also um two of his adult children say they were molested and the third child says she was aware of the molestation his children wrote a letter they did write a letter asking them to bar him from running and they and, didn't. and they didn't i don't know if they could could they i don't know that they actually i don't could. know what the eth rules the are ethics rules but the Republican Party up until now has refused to censor him or expel him. Uh, he wasn't actually signed in until, or sworn in until January 6th, right? Right. So the start of the new session. But they haven't, they haven't started an investigation that I'm aware of. They haven't voted censorship or um, to expel him. They did. I think he's in a special, um, special ethics committee investigation right now. And Good Lord, I hope it doesn't take a year. Good, yeah, no, no. I mean, a lot of damage can be done in, in a year. Why would it take a whole year to do an investigation? So I want to just read an excerpt of the letter that his children um, sure. sent to the Missouri House. Yeah, we want to hear it. It says, as the highest office holder in the Missouri House, we are begging you not to allow this to happen, the letter said. You have the power to uphold the honor of our government in a time that trust and hope is waning. Please do what is right, not just for us, but for all those in Missouri who have suffered and all the children you have sworn to protect. Those are pretty powerful words. They were very um, powerful. As victims to get up and read. Um, it goes on to say that um, they would hope, they had hoped that their story would never become public. They had no choice but to come forward. And it goes on to say, we want to be clear, the letter says, he was never held accountable nor exonerated, as he says. For the physical abuse we all endured or the sexual abuse of Anastasia as state law at the time prevented criminal charges being sought. So the laws at the time didn't allow criminal In 93? Well, it is Missouri. We are a little bit backwards. That's, oh my gosh. So, um... 1993? My son was born in... Well, okay. Rober's response to the letter and everything was nearly 11,000 who voted for me understand these actions against me are political and without substantiation. He said, once the Secretary of State certifies my election, I will be seated and neither party can block me from representing, That's representing District 34. Yes. 
it's extremely arrogant, you know. But you know, we can tie that up with the, one of the other representatives that we're going to talk about later. It's like this self entitlement, and I just—it it, it blows like, my mind that people. It's—it's kind of like you see an R or a D next to a name, and you're just too either freaking lazy or. Brainwashed that you cannot, you can't, you you just vote for the letter. You don't even research the person. I'm going to time out here. There are people who will vote straight Republican just because it's a Republican, Um, and they they don't give credence to like the accusations from Robert's children. Now most of them said they were political. Obviously, eleven thousand people voted for him, so they must have thought that. uh, How do you go home to your child? How do you go vote for some guy that has been? He, I mean, Division of Family Services stated they found probable cause that sexual maltreatment had occurred. So how do you go vote for somebody after Division of Family Services states, yeah, he did it. Well, and, and then you go home to your own damn kids. I'm going to say damn kids. I'm sorry. But how do you... Separate the two. He's got an R or a D by his name, but he did this heinous act that if it were anybody else, if it was your neighbor down the street, you'd be saying, here's my lasso, let's hang him. Well, what about this? Okay, you have people voting for Rober who in the same sentence will say Joe Biden is a pedophile kissing babies. Yeah. Same, I mean, it's like... No, there is a big difference. There is a big difference because there is an investigation that found misconduct. Joe Biden was kissing his grandkids. Well, that's beside the fact. I mean, Joe Biden has a D in his name, so at the D at the end of his name. So, you know, he must be the devil, you know. It's Pizzagate all over again. The thing that bothers me is that they were children. They may be adults now, but when it happened, they were children who That's could the not thing. defend themselves. And that if it were your neighbor, two houses down, that did this, you would be driving up in your Ford truck with your lasso saying, Yeah, let's hang get him. Yeah, absolutely. But instead, because he's got an R or a D by his name and he's running for office, you're going to vote him into office to make laws. That, that protect your own yeah. children. It's, I just, it blew my mind away when I read this. Well, you, it's hard to, you know, weigh the two factors. Well, we've got the one that was, you know, sexually harassing an intern. Okay, no, he was not sexually harassing the intern. He was trying to initiate a sexual intercourse. Right. Uh, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly, because yeah. they both deny any intercourse happened. Right. He was harassing a staffer right. who reported that he was the, trying the bad behavior right um and the difference the, the big difference is is that he was once the ethics re- commission you know found found the problem found what he was guilty of you know it was immediately brought forward and he was immediately censured he was removed from all committee assignments by Crystal Quaid who's the minority leader so democrats have probably not as proactive as Republicans would like to her to be, but she's been proactive and you know saying, "Here's the line, you crossed it. Here's your punishment." Whereas there are 
Republicans who are still standing with Rober. And, you know, Rober's big defense... Like, See, these in, children in the defense, didn't... We don't know if the Democrats are still standing with this... With Price. Price. Yeah. In, that, in that defense. But the fact of the matter... My, my thing is they were children. They well, were yeah, ch- that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, it sucks that, that the guy in St. Louis, Price, was doing this to a woman staffer and uh, a woman yes. intern. To his female intern, and then I right. assume that the staffer's a woman, yeah. Right. That sucks big time all on its own. But to be doing for another guy on the opposite side, whatever, doesn't matter his location, for another guy elected to office to do this to his children. For him, here's what blows my mind is because when you have when you want to file um let's say a sexual a grievance or whatever or if you're a person who's trying to make a case there's a provenance right like you have your records or they say well um in the case of kavanaugh when um i can't think of her name christine someone yeah christine ford yeah okay uh, when she came forward against Kavanaugh, she had some provenance because she had told mm-hmm. someone at the time mm-hmm. that it occurred. Mm-hmm. So she had someone, you know, backing up her story. She didn't mm-hmm. just come out for political reasons. But he had a and diary. His children. Oh yeah, his calendar. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Okay, now we're getting off track because. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's recap that. Okay. So we so, had. So, anyways, my Ms. thing Ward is in Kavanaugh. She, she had, had established provenance that. This had occurred, right? So, his children have provenance. They don't. They didn't come out as adults and say, "You know what? We're going to keep our dad from running for office. We're going to come out." Yes. Yeah. No. There were. There was an investigation. Yes. When they were children, so yeah. they didn't come up with this. And his excuse is, and I swear to God, it is the excuse of deadbeat parents everywhere. Parental alienation. Oh. Parental alienation. It's just parental alienation. I've never heard of that my until ex-wife, this case. My ex-wife prompted them to say that. You'd never heard of parental alienation no, up until this? I've not heard of that term up until this. Oh, no. It's like a genuine... I mean, I'm sure. It's. I think it can be diagnosed now. I've never literally heard the term until this, this yeah. came out. Yeah. It's but been, let's fast forward a little bit. Um, two years after Division of Family Services came out and found probable cause, two years later, all of a sudden, out of the blue, the Missouri Child Abuse and Neglect Review Board overturned Division of Family Services findings. I don't. Under, I wish I knew more about I that do decision. I too, because like, it's, I have tried to dig and find who it. he knew in what level now, of state government to get that overturned, and knowing that his wife, um, at the time. See, um, we didn't do enough research. What does his wife do, his current wife? Um, I don't know that he's married now. I'm talking about his wife who was passed, um, Rebecca, the former state legislature legislator. Um, that was one of his first moves since he's um, been in office was to try to get a m- memorial highway named after her. Um, wait a minute. His... Wait, wait. Okay, wait. okay. Rebecca's not the children's mother. No, Michelle Keller is the children's mother. Rebecca's the woman he married after mm-hmm. Michelle. So, she was a legislator? She was. Well, golly dang, doesn't that s- smell kind of funny? That Let me see when she served, okay? He was married to a legislator, and then all of a sudden, the Missouri Child Abuse and Neglect Review Board overturned Division of Sa- Family Services findings? 
So I want to be clear that um, when these charges were overturned, these allegations, his wife was not in office. Um, she did not actually get into office until 2015. Okay. So um, I don't know why they were overturned. I don't know what political connections he may have had or what evidence, new evidence was presented. But um, unfortunately, the law didn't allow the state to prosecute. The child abuse laws didn't allow the state to prosecute. Nothing further was happened. And his you know, children had to grow up in a very... I know we got to move on because we're running out of time. So just to recap, I just want to say that I want to come back to visit this. I want to do some more research. I want to find out. And I'm not a reporter by any means. And I really don't have time to do this, but I'm going to make time to do this because something smells wrong here. Well, and you know, we have, he is supposed to, fingers crossed and amens and all of that, he's supposed to be under a house ethics investigation too. And if the Republicans don't force this issue and have him investigated under the ethics commission, then we're playing with double standards here. We already knew that because of how quickly, you know, prices... After the investigation concluded. Well, it took a year for price. For the investigation. It took a year for the investigation. But he was investigated. You know, there was a call for the investigation. And then immediately after it was concluded, action was taken. Right. So here we are. We have an alleged, I'm going to say alleged, because as much as I believe it, um, I don't want to Well, get we got to do more research. We just have to figure out, you yeah. know, I, A, I want to figure out more background on his wife and his and him. I mean, sure, he's a marathon runner. Whoop-de-doo. We've all run marathons. Well, not all of us, but I have. Anyway. Well, aren't you the badass? Like, I, I die in a 5K, so. Well, I didn't say it didn't kill me, but I mean, <laughs> I ran the dang thing. Anyway, and, and I want to find out some background on his second wife. I mean, if she became a legislator shortly after all of these allegations well, disappeared. You gotta decades. gotta kind of wonder. Yeah. You gotta kind of wonder. So, I want to do some more research and come back on that. And so, we've talked about Wiley Price. We've talked about Rick Rober. And Wiley got censored. Rick is maybe under investigation. We're not really sure if it's an official investigation yet or not. But we had a new problem crop up. Okay, you Monday. say problem. I I don't know if it's much Issue. of a problem. Um, are you go ahead? You because this is your problem, and I'm just gonna be. Ready. No, I I know I'm not gonna. Well, it is a problem. I want to talk about uh, Missouri Representative Trisha Durgis that was just elected. Oh, okay, yeah, she was just elected and confirmed. And now she's been indicted. And she got indicted Monday for, um, let's see, eight counts of felony wire fraud, Ill ten counts of illegal distribution of controlled substance, substances, which include oxycodone and um, ADHD medications, and then uh, making false statements because of this um, amniotic fluid miracle cure that she was pushing. So... So, um, yesterday, February 1st, 2021, Missouri Rep. Tricia Durgis was released without bond. She pled not guilty. She, according to the indictment, built nearly $200,000 out of five of her patients. Wow. Also charged with 10 counts of illegal distribution of prescribed oxycodone and Adderall without even seeing the patients who received the prescriptions. She graduated from a 
Caribbean Medical University in 2014. However, she never obtained a residency program, which is a must to, to obtain a license in Missouri. She's still opened a clinic for the poor in North Springfield in 2016, even though she wasn't licensed. Her clinic called um, Lift Up Springfield, where her patients made a $5 don donation or nothing at all if they couldn't afford it. While she went after a special assistant physician's license and used volunteers to care for the patients, the assistant physician license allowed her to provide care to the, quote, medically underserved, end quote, while under supervision of a fully accredited physician, which she never had. She had 7,000 patients in 2017 and opened a new clinic in Ozark, Missouri, where she began receiving awards including the 2018 Humanitarian Award given out by businesses and religious leaders. Oh, then she began obtaining amniotic fluid from University of Utah, and even though she was told in 2019 the fluid contained no cells in it, she began selling it and administrating it to treat patients with hip and back pain, lung disease, and erectile dysfunction. Erectile dysfunction. That's no laughing matter, guys. I'm sorry. It was only when she went on Color 10 CBS to suggest it could be used to treat COVID-19 that people began to investigate her. <laughs> so it took local news lending her credibility for someone else to step in and say, hey. Well, I think of the COVID-19 was what threw up because everybody's got their eyes on finding a cure for COVID. Mm -hmm. And then she comes on national TV and says, or our local... Right. TV and says, hey, I, it can probably cure COVID-19. So, two things stick out in my mind, and neither one of them, the first one being, if you're administering a treatment, for lack of a better word, I couldn't think of the word I wanted to use, that contains stem cells. Yeah. And not just any stem cells, but... Amniotic. Amniotic stem, stem cells. And explain what amniotic fluid is. Well, it's just the fluid that... Um, is in your belly that surrounds your, your yeah surrounds your fetus so but my thing is is the the republican stance on stem cells has oh, I, been i know i know i was still wanted to go there but and, and i don't know enough about it to, to like give you guys all of the information but traditionally bush, they've been against stem cell research wasn't it bush that outlawed it said you can't use the stem cell i don't know which bush it would have been that's the thing is I don't know which Bush it would have been. I, if memory serves me correct, it was Bush, but I could be wrong. Something else I need to do more research. Also, um, as a person with a bachelor's degree um, in science, I have actually, I have considered going back to school and becoming a physician's assistant. It's not an easy feat. And for someone to go to some wacko med school in the Caribbean... And then come over here and... Well, we don't know if they're wacko. We don't know. We didn't no, research their the graduates just get indicted for false claims. The, she passed. And she passed the Caribbean thing, but she just didn't... She couldn't pass her residency program. She couldn't get in a residency program, yeah, because, right? Because, because her evidently she wasn't isn't credible smart enough or something. I don't know. But I don't think that was her plan at all with the intellectual side of it. I think her plan... I mean, here's my take on it, and I might be sound just overwhelmingly jaded, but she went to the north side, the poor side of Springfield, 
she opened a clinic and said, hey, $5 or just give me a donation, whatever. Just so that she could say that she was treating them, which she obviously wasn't. And using that background, she applied for a special license. Uh, what was that license called? Assistant physician. Physician's a assistant. No, she applied for a special, quote, assistant physician license. Hmm. Which she would have been allowed to have had she had a physician overseeing everything she See, did. And she didn't. What is the difference between an assistant physician and a physician's assistant? Because PA is practice everywhere. And the thing about a PA is you have to have a, a physician. You work under a physician. Right. You don't prescribe meds. You, you know, you make a recommendation. Well, and then your th physician, physician. It, you know, it's the same... It's very similar to what a nurse practitioner would be. I was going to say, my nurse practitioner, yeah. she can do, she can prescribe meds. Yeah. But she's working under a physician. Right. The thing that I was, that just jumped out at me was, you know, she went to the north side, the poor side, because guess what? If she messed up, nobody was who gonna, was going to say anything? Yeah. Who was going to sue her? Because they, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't afford to pay her. How would they afford an attorney? Well, and think of her. all the possible um, revenue that she could have collected from Medicaid. She did collect a lot of... She had, what, 7,000 uh, patients at one time? 7,000 patients in one year? That is insane. In 2017, she had 7,000 patients. So she opened, after she got the 7,000 patients, she opened a new clinic in Ozark and started selling this amniotic fluid she was told from the beginning that it did not have the cells in it. Yet she marketed it. But that she way. marketed it as having these regenerative cells, and that's. She didn't even get caught on that. She did not even get caught on that. What got her caught was going on the our local that had television and saying it may cure COVID. So wow. just think, this is this woman was elected to represent Christian County, Missouri, has been doing this all since 2014 and never got caught. If she would have never said anything about COVID-19, she could have still been bilking people out of their money. That's a, there we go again with another person who is in a position of authority, a physician, and they're using their position to take advantage of someone else. I just gotta think with this woman though, it, and let me just back up for just a minute because I was telling you this earlier. When we started coming out of the kitchen to talk about women's issues, I started catching myself. It's like, I don't want to bash women. I, I, you know, there's got to be... But there's just... This woman, I cannot defend. I cannot find a way to defend this woman. Well, you know, here's the thing. Women's equality. Women can be crappy people, too. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. I'm just they saying, can break the law and they can be criminals, too. She was evil before she got into... Oh, absolutely. Which is probably why she got into politics was to just keep being more, step up your game, one more evilness well, there. Well, it's a hunger for that power and the attention and, and the accolades that come with being a politician, being a quote-unquote life-saving or life-improving physician. And well, it was probably her ego her that ego. got her on color 10 saying this yeah. could cure COVID. A hundred percent. It's, you know, she's smarter than every other medical professional in the entire world and she's got this miracle cure and it's at the same fluid. time you have to know when you're going home from work that 
that what you're doing is a farce. You know what I mean? And how do you, I don't know. I don't know. How do you, how do you sleep with yourself knowing that you built this money out and there's no cure for, you know what I mean? The only thing I have left to say about Trisha Durgis, Missouri representative, I have to say that, that's her title, is that we're going to follow her. We're going to see. We are following a lot of things with the Missouri legislature, you know, and they gave themselves a raise. And you and I have different opinions on that as well. So, um, All right, so I took some notes on that. On January 30th, 30th 2021, the Springfield Newsleader reported that Missouri lawmakers did not pass a resolution blocking their 5% pay increase for the first time since 2007. Okay, that's a long time to go without a wage increase. Excuse me. But I'm just going to go through my notes, and then we'll, we'll discuss if that's okay. That's fine. Representative Andrew McDaniel, um, Republican from Deering, Missouri, tried to fight it, stating, We don't need this raise. If you want the raise, vote no. If you want to do the right thing, vote yes. McDaniel argued it would be wrong to spend more money on themselves when people are hurting back home. The 5% raise will give Governor Parsons a $6,800 raise, bringing his annual salary to $140,596 a year. Missouri senators and representatives will receive a raise of $1,800, bringing their salaries to $39,711. During Throughout the whole article, as I was reading it, the reporter was comparing comparing the Missouri politicians' salaries to the California politicians' salaries. I'll share his quotes. California governor's salary, $200,000. California legislators, $110,459. Let me say that again. $110,459. Okay, so Republican Bill Kidd, representative from Buckner, Missouri, a Republican from Buckner, argued that he knows, quote, some people on this floor, I know some people on this floor that have five kids, and this is their only job. How do you make it where you can have a young person come in here and make a living and support their family? Republican Ben Baker from Neosho has four daughters, seconded, seconded the statement. Mr. Baker says he took a major pay cut to do this job. So he still got outside income, I guess. Or he gave up his outside income. No, he said he took a major pay cut. Well, if you gave up your job, that then would be a pay cut. No, that would be, I don't have an income anymore. This is my income. See, I take that the other way. Okay. Uh, Representative Shane Roden, Republican from Cedar Hill, agreed, saying legislation had no business questioning the recommendation of the Bipartisan Citizens Commission set up analyze lawmakers pay and so let's discuss so i think they need a raise i think they deserve a raise i think that it is thirty nine thousand dollars a year um i didn't do the math but i'm gonna say that's roughly probably around twenty dollars an hour somewhere in there i'm just i was gonna pull up a calculator to try to find it what was the amount thirty nine thousand no it's thirty seven thousand seven hundred eleven 37, that's the new one? Or yep. that's what it currently that's is? That's the new one. 30,000, 37,000? 711. 711. 
they don't work 52 weeks a year. No, they don't. How long do they work? Do you know? <laughs> we obviously needed to do a little bit more research, but let's just say that they work 52 weeks out of the year. That's only $725 a week, um, 40 hours, $18.13 an hour. Now, they don't work 52 weeks out of the year. We know that. Um, but they were called into special sessions um, in December. But and they got paid for those. They got paid additional. Yes. Okay. So if they work more than their scheduled amount, they get additional. Yeah. Like overtime pay, let's yeah. say. It's still $18 an hour is hard to make a living on. Well, here's my take. I'm going to interrupt you. Because you don't have five daughters. Remember that. I've raised two kids by myself. Right. And it's hard. And uh, one of them I fought for child support. The other one I got nothing. So let's just put that on the table. My my third job, I thought I was making bank at (laughs) $4.76 an hour. That's what I made in high school at And I had two kids and I I could not afford a microwave oven. Wow. I'm just telling you. And that's that's after microwave ovens came out and dropped in price. But the you know, thing is... But the thing is, you don't sign up to be a politician. The politician wages are set low for a reason. It's so that you don't go in there to corrupt. Like you're not becoming a civil servant to get rich. Right. You're going in to serve... Public service. Right. Right. And they do not work 40 hours a week, five days a week. I want they you do not to do that. stop and listen, though. I want you to stop and think back to the interview that we did with Vicki England. Mm-hmm. Think of the sacrifices that she made yes. when she was serving. Yes. She went days without seeing her children. Yes. You know, her family... That was during campaign. Not That was when she was serving. Because remember, she was elected. Oh, that's true, that's true. She was defeated, and then she was running again. So she went days without seeing her children. And her husband was a primary care, but there was daycare involved. And it's expensive. It's like, it really is a sacrifice. And nobody goes into that position to get rich. And $37,000 a year certainly isn't going to get anyone rich. The thing that blew up in my face was that this is the worst time of the year to ask for a raise when it took them, what, six, seven months to get a $600 COVID relief check. I did. Uh, so many people are without work, without jobs right now. And what does our governor do? He's not done a mask mandate. He doesn't believe in all that stuff. So it's like, it's in my mind, it's like our elected officials aren't really protecting us from this COVID, which is devastating our economy, killing numerous people. And yet we can't get relief from our government but they can vote themselves a wage. I don't there think is, this was an appropriate time to ask for a raise. You have our state legislators in Jefferson City have zero, zero ability to pass a federal stimulus check. You you can't equate apples and oranges. It just doesn't work. They don't have that power. They can pick up the phone and say, you know, my constituents back here are getting a little hungry. I've lost so many constituents. And, and they you can don't pressure. Know that they didn't do they that. can pressure our senators to vote. Yes, they can. But absolutely. But when we have senators like Roy Blunt and Josh Hawley, they aren't going to listen to a majority of the um, 
you know, the Democratic voices and the more liberal voices that are coming, the less fiscally focused representatives. Because, you know, that's their excuse now. Where are we getting deficit-wise? How much is this going to cost? When they didn't think about the cost when they did the Tax Act, which cost us so much money. And, you know, that is... uh, (laughs) Those are thoughts for another day. But I just think when you... You know, think about these state legislatures, legislators getting a raise, and it's not even a huge raise. Oh my gosh, it's five percent, mm-hmm. um, and and you're just bemoaning that five percent for them. They're dealing with COVID too. They have increased expenses. You know, there you cannot say that they don't deserve this because we all deserve a raise right now. So I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this one because. I just think it's the, we can't even get COVID shots. We're one of the worst states as far as getting vaccinated. We are. We were ranked last. Yes. You know, just last week. I don't know where we are now, but I know we were ranked last last week. And and maybe some calls to some of our senators would help, but I think Josh Hawley's kind of busy. <laughs> okay, so I guess now is the time for our he Holly hearsay. We haven't heard a lot from Josh Hawley since he was last on all the media outlets saying, they're trying to censor me, they're trying to shut me up. But it wasn't until, I think, in my opinion, that his donors started dropping him like flies that um, he shut up. I don't know that he's actually shut up. I know that he is um, under an ethics investigation. Yes. So that's fabulous news. Um, Granted... You don't really hear a lot from the ethics commission while they're it's doing very their secret. It's so tight-lipped, and it's supposed to be that way because it's a by design, a bipartisan commission, and they're not allowed to disclose the details of their investigation. So we'll all be waiting um, patiently on the edge of our seats to find out what their uh, verdict is. But there are some people who aren't waiting to issue their judgment. Uh, Let's see, I have Missouri Faith Voices, which is a multi-faith coalition of 120 congregations across the state of Missouri. They're calling for Josh Hawley to resign. They state that they are basing this nonpartisan effort on moral duty, not political agenda. Moral duty. Moral duty. Hmm. You mean that oath to stand up and honor and defend the Constitution. Josh, are you listening? Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) I was just amazed that 120 churches, you know, of of all different, some of them were Jewish, some of them were Catholic, some of them were um, United Methodist. I mean, the whole collation of this. Yeah, well, I could quote quote, um, Reverend Reverend Rodney Williams. He's a pastor at Swope Parkway United Christian Church, which is Kansas City, right? Right. Okay. So we stand against and we challenge any persons or system that is a threat to justice, righteousness, and to human dignity. And certainly Josh Hawley is a threat is a threat to all of the above. He goes on to state that Hawley's actions leading up to the attack produced a hate-driven agenda and directly incited the insurrection that resulted in five deaths and risked the lives of elected officials. <sighs> so that's a lot to soak in. Um, well, there's more than five deaths, but yeah. Yeah, there are six now. No, um, I think there's more. More than they six? had. I think they had three suicides from the cops. Three. I have not heard that, yeah, but that's it's not. That's um really sad. The actually. last I heard, they had the first one, and then they had two more, and then they reported that 
One guy has back injuries. They don't know how bad that is. And one's got uh, several broken ribs and one lost an eye, which, I mean, trying to protect our capital. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you were fine. I was, um, I was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about suicide um, and how these three suicides they remind me so much of suicides of soldiers, mm -hmm. like coming back with PTSD and how yeah. so many of our heroes are lost because of things that they've gone through. So um, I just can't imagine the struggle. I mean. I want to thank the media for not going in depth as to why they killed themselves or how they killed themselves. The fact that they did it following this resurrection or insurrection. <laughs> Sorry. It's fine. Some of them may be resurrected. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine what was going through their minds. I, I try to think what would be going through my mind. It's like, gosh, I gave it all to protect capital and... I don't know. Did they feel like they failed, or do they? F were they just disgusted that this came to this, or? Well, I mean, did they know something that we don't know? Like, I think it did come out later that one of the um, police, high-ranking police officers, was told that he couldn't have access to the guard. Yeah, um, I don't know all of the politics that led to the delay of the National Guard getting the there. The fact that we lost three officers is just beyond. I hate to say this because this is like a word that the right is spewing and the Capitol rioters are the ones who are spewing, spewing, but to die in sort of an act of civil unrest or civil war you know, you have to choose between defending your cap, your your capital, and and saving and your own life, saving your own life, and then also, you know, firing or defending yourself against your own citizens, those that you're sworn to protect and serve. Right. I don't know how you make that, you know, how you balance I all don't of that. Know, but I do have to tell you that I'm just a little off topic. I was thinking about all of this stuff that we were going to be t talking about on this podcast as I went to town to get grain and whatnot for the cows, but um. I passed a house on the main strip in, here in Webster County and he had the big Trump sign and right next to it was the back the blue sign and I thought how do you do that how do you hang that sign for him when he in, incited this yeah I don't and but then again you know here I go on my little soapbox I'm getting what is it called a uh, cognitive dissonance when you believe one thing even though there are facts proving otherwise is like you choose to ignore the facts that don't support your own opinions i think they just pick and choose like when trump says law and order you know we're the law and order and then he lets his own police officers well, he, get killed he essentially made he yeah. he let those he citizens believe that they were the law and order that their way was the right way and they were these heroes and and they weren't like they were going against the one thing that protects us as a democracy. You know, if we don't follow the written and unwritten, and I want to specify this so much, the unwritten norms that come with our democracy. So many of those that Trump just sort of threw against the wayside and said they don't matter, like a code of decency, morality, truth is truth and fiction is fiction. Morals. And. You know, for every time I spew the same thing over and over, there's probably a hundred Trump supporters saying, well, what about, well, what about, what about? And and the thing is, is there's no what about. We're not talking about those. Do Democrats have issues? Absolutely. You know, are people flawed? Yes. Does everyone deserve a level of understanding and empathy? 
Of course, but when you shirk that moral code and unwritten, you know, standards that we all live by, for what? Power? A dollar? Accolades from untold Republicans like Josh Hawley? I don't get it. I mean, we that's a thing for another podcast, I think, because I discussed with you that, that uh, social media post that I got involved in last night, and it's like, it doesn't matter what you tell them, they'll twist it. Mm-hmm. Or they'll throw They'll something. not only twist it, but they will shame, blame, and name call you into the ground over it. And it's like, there's, I don't know how we're going to get past this severe brainwashing that our country has gone. It is not going to happen in one presidential term. It's not. Um, and I am absolutely terrified for midterm elections. Because they're not, like, historically, they're not favorable to the president, the sitting president at the time. Just like in 2018, we had those elections where we took the House. Um, So, if there isn't a shift in this country back to an appreciation of the facts and of truth and morality, then, I'm going to get to this, then... uh, then we are doomed. We will not be able to accomplish anything. Well, before you get to that, I just want to say God bless that minister. What did what did you call uh, Missouri Faith, Faith Voices? Voices for standing up. Absolutely. Because so many times they've always said the evangelicals, the evangelicals, the evangelicals, and and they've even um, used the former president's son-in-law for the Jewish side uh-huh. of it. But this Missouri coalition. Oh, did I say the word? Missouri Faith Voices. Missouri Faith Voices stood up and said no. Well, the local faith leaders said they would not be backing down. They are calling for the resignation of Hawley and other politicians who voted against certifying the Electoral College results, including U.S. Senator Roger Marshall, who is a Republican from Kansas. So, obviously, this article is from the western part of the state so you know there are kansas um, yeah but that's a statewide thing for yeah. the for the religious the Missouri side of it faith, yes so holly's response to all of this um last thursday and uh, kcmo talk radio's pete mundo he said i am not going to give an inch on this there's nothing wrong with people coming to dc to make their views heard and to exercise their first amendment rights and they should not be demonized for doing so Mm. Guys, that's a lot to unpack. Yeah, it is. (laughs) So, um, it's almost like a cat, like a a dog whistle for more people to come. It's like, well, it's just like we talked about, um, we had that text where you said something about they're dropping charges against rioters, um, or not charging them. They're debating not charging the rioters just because... You know, I don't know, but just we need to, we need to do a podcast on that too because it, it, it's just insane. Yeah, it so, is insane what it what these so what these insurrectionists are getting away with. Who, for lack of a better word, waged war on our Congress on January sixth are getting off scot free when there are Black Lives Matter protesters who are paying fines who are facing charges from this past summer. And I know that's a whole nother podcast, but it just, guys, it pisses me off. Like, because they're white and because they were quote-unquote patriots and they were going to war for Donald Trump, 
they don't have to face the responsibility of the actual act that they did. Well, Just like Donald Trump, so many Republicans are backing down from the harsh rhetoric that they had against Donald Trump right after the insurrection. And now they're pulling back. They're starting you know, to climb back. They're pulling back, and they have this, you know, and they have Marjorie Taylor Greene in Congress now. And she's this conspiracy theorist, QAnon supporter. She's threatened the lives. She's, guys, there's August again. She has, you know, just. She's threatened the lives of, of our representatives yes, and our senators. but Saying they should be executed and nothing. Crickets. I can't believe that. McCarthy, crickets. He was going to have a discussion with her. Excuse me? Expel that crazy lady. She might as well think the earth is flat because she's... Oh, no. Mind blown. Sorry. I just, Don't be I sorry. I cannot think about how someone like that got elected. And I know she got elected. I was listening this morning, and it was on CBS News. I know she got elected because she is from a Republican district that has never had a Democratic challenger get more than, you know, 14 or 15%. So she didn't have a primary challenger, so she was a shoe-in. So that's how she got elected. So she doesn't really know what a competitive election is like. Oh, my gosh, I wish that. <laughs> I wish somebody would primary her because she's going to come off looking like this crazy loon against a decent and i say that mostly a decent republican yeah but that's the problem is that these these conspiracy people are just out there they are but you know what i would love for them here's what i would love listeners i would love to have someone who doesn't necessarily believe like we do come on to the podcast and have a little discussion with them i would love that i would too as long as it didn't get, you know, if we could keep it mature. I, I'll i be mature. I, I promise to be mature. So I, Oh, I do too. But I, <laughs> like I said, the social media gal that I was with last night, and there's an age difference, and so I'm just going to try to give her the benefit of that doubt. Do you think that our view of politics and um, just current events is skewed by the fact that we don't get our news just from social media? Do you think because you... You're sending me print articles all the time. And you are you like to have it in your hands, you like to see it. Yes. You like the print article. And and I'm a, a news junkie. Like I I don't use the Facebook anymore and I don't so I'm constantly just reading news articles. Like from different sources. I read from the AP, I read from CBS, CNN, all of see, them. Fox I'm a, News. I'm a news junkie too, and it's not just the newspaper. I mean, there's magazine articles that I read, and there's things on television that I watch, but I can always research what I don't agree with and see right. where it goes. I don't fall for stuff hook, line, and see. But then I remember barely, because I think my age group was at the last end of it, where we were constantly taught in school about communism and, and brainwashing and, oh, and, yeah. and the whole nine yards, and, and people aren't taught that anymore. Well, so they don't know when they're being brainwashed, and they don't know when they're falling off the turnip truck. People, people search for articles or are drawn to more articles that are going to affirm their beliefs. Right. So when they're scrolling through their social media, whatever it if may be. If it doesn't be, agree with them, they just swipe. They scroll by, and if it's something where they're like, oh, they just read the headline, and that's what sticks. Yeah. And so 
so often they throw these absurd conspiracy theories or ideas out there. They're just, you know, just a headline that's been twisted to think. So, um... So we make some headlines, though, too. Well, we do. But, I mean, we hope that by making the headline, it draws them into bigger. To listen to our podcast, to hear our different... Guys, we want your feedback. You know, we've been doing this uh, six months, seven, eight months. I'm not exactly sure how long. But we would like to hear your feedback. Send us a message on Facebook. Get with us at um, comingoutofthekitchenpod at gmail.com. I got it right this time. Hey, me. Um, just reach out to us. I'm on Twitter. That's the only social media platform. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here and say... Why don't you make us a Twitter account? I don't... Um, I could. I could um, make us a Twitter account. I could do that, guys. Let's Otherwise, do that. Yeah. Keep so. your personal Twitter out and just put... <laughs> Hey guys, August is back. Thank you. All right, you guys, thanks for listening to us. I hope that you got something out of the information that these are the things that I've read and and Sam has read, and they make you want to go, hmm. I've been briefed. Guys, I'm not going to lie, I don't have a lot of time for prep. I read Jeanette's notes, I read articles when I get here, Um, but I form opinions very quickly, and I hope that they're educated opinions. And um, we're just thank you for our time. We're going to get off of here. Until next time. Stand like a superhero. Thanks again for taking some time out of your day to listen to our podcast. I want to go ahead and say a special thank you to our sponsors, Snowy Mountain Candles at snowymountaincandle.com and Mojo Pie Hair Salon. Oh my gosh. They've done my hair and they've done Mona's hair. And it's awesome. They are top notch. Uh, 417-890-8900 is their phone number, or you can see them at mojohairsalon.com. Check out their website. Let us know what you think. Again, two awesome sponsors. We love them. And then Anchor. We couldn't do this without Anchor. We are just beginners, and we are still learning as we go, and Anchor has just been awesome at helping us get our podcast up and running so if you're even thinking about putting out a podcast check out anchor thanks so much everyone